Welcome to the Bad Tutors Podcast. If you're here for the newest, up-to-date, accurate information on the nerdy topics that are near and dear to your heart, well, let me tell you, you ended up in the wrong place. Here, we are all about hot takes and grandiose displays of misinformation. So stick along for the ride, and you might just blow a blood vessel or two. Now, Tyler, as we know, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's when we honor the fallen soldiers of the united states history so today where are you going what we're this? going to be talking about is the atrocities and war crimes of the vietnam war oh, please God. start no uh, what we are okay. going to be talking about is modding across various video games this is i was is, gonna say i've got like two for the vietnam war atrocities but i hope I have, you have some more in the chamber as one of your two punji sticks <laughs> no actually okay so, so we, we have got three, three. We, we have three. three total to talk about the vietnam war we'll save that okay. for next week um okay. we're talking about modding today in mods in various video games this is a practice that i believe both of us are pretty well versed in on a pretty decent handful of games i would say but what made me want to talk about this topic specifically is my latest playthrough of Elden Ring, which I know you are already thinking, fuck, I just got duped into hearing about another fucking Souls-like game, God damn it. But don't worry, I'm not going to be getting into the game that much, if at all, so don't, don't worry too much there. What I did to make me start playing another Elden Ring save is that I actually installed a randomizer mod. Now, this is a mod as a randomizer in many other games. It takes all of your non-key items. You could configure it to do key items as well, but I wanted a pretty linear playthrough still. But it takes all of the item drops around the world and just mixes them up. So you don't know what you're going to get in any given item drop. Now, for me, this gave the game a completely new breath of life and made it feel almost like the first time playing through it again since i don't know where anything is when the next glowing pillar of light could be the new weapon that i want to use for the whole game for most of our friends and other people that i've talked with the ma major issue in elden ring is simply that after the first playthrough you pretty much know where everything is, or you know where the important things are, and it just makes the world feel incredibly empty. Whereas on the first playthrough, and you don't know where anything is, you're exploring every nook and cranny, trying to find everything you can, where your next cool item is, the new hottest drip piece of armor that you can find. But after you know all of these things, you just kind of run from point to point and have like an hour and a half setup of like, okay, now I can play the game. I have my highly upgraded weapon. I have my healing items nearly maxed out or as maxed out as they can be in that point of the game. And everything is just very streamlined already, which in fairness is the standard for a Souls game. The issue being that Elden Ring is so expansive because of the open world nature of it. It just means that a majority of the game you're just riding around on your horse from point to point, gathering things that you already know where they are and where that process in, say, Dark Souls 3 would be maybe... 20 30 minutes or more realistically it's just part of the natural progression of the game because all of those games are linear 
it just is a slog getting through it in Elden Ring because you know where you're going. It's just a pure time investment of how long do I want to be riding unless you're like specifically challenging yourself of like, I'm going to do it with a less upgraded weapon or without upgrading my healing items or something like that. But once you have all of it, you just kind of cruise through the rest of the game, which is sure. totally fine if you really love the flow of combat in the boss designs like I personally do. But if it wasn't necessarily your favorite or just say, I prefer Bloodborne better, there's no real draw to come back to play Elden Ring a second, third, fourth time. So... For me, even though I know I will replay it regardless, just to try different builds in different setups and get the platinum again when the fucking DLC comes out, which I already am not looking forward to. Um, this makes it, this randomizer makes it so I just want to replay the game again and it makes it feel more alive and it's something that wouldn't have happened without installing this mod, this like rather big change to how the game is played and that's just what made me want to talk about kind of the concept of modding today okay yeah and i think um we'll probably get into this a little bit more but i don't think uh for us modding is like looking for something that the game is missing or anything like that it's to get more out of a game that already had uh captured our attention and uh and it's so that we can enjoy the game more i absolutely could not agree more with that yeah so what i want to get into first to start with is kind of what i consider to be the major categories of mods like kind of what everything will fit into because we know if nothing else i love breaking things down categorically and making lists so for me, these are going to be five different kind of pillars of them, which is your quality of life, immersion, content, fixes, and memes. Because you got to have your meme mods, at least a couple of them. Of course. What I want to start with are the fixes, the category of fixes mods, which is, I think, personally, the most straightforward to talk about. Because for, say, like, a game like Fallout 3 on PC. It hardly runs anymore. I don't remember the specifics, but there is something when Windows updated, I believe to a new OS, things that Fallout 3 relied on are either no longer there or became broken because they were unnecessary in new versions of the new os i personally haven't played it on pc since but i've watched enough youtube challenge runs of people playing the game and just hearing various people talk about it to hear how they needed to install different frameworks and fixes just to have the game launch let alone run smoothly so a fix mod by that is something that is made by the community that will make the game playable or more playable in some way whether this is fixing or enhancing performance the frame rate of the game or making it just run better overall my big examples of these would be obviously the fallout 3 fixes that i have just mentioned 
and Rim Threaded or Rocket Man for RimWorld, which are both mods that allow the game to run smoother and at a faster rate when there are more entities in the game that it has to account for. So it makes it a smoother overall gaming experience. Like I have been in and out of RimWorld a bit recently, and this particular colony had like 40 animals on it. And an in-game day was taking like 20-30 minutes to get through sometimes because the game simply had to register. Down. Yeah. yeah. It has to create paths and decide what every single one of those animals is doing, as well as all of my colonists and everything else that is happening on the map. And Rim Threaded makes the game this is it's art immediately too technical for my personal understanding but it makes it multi-threaded so everything just <laughs> runs faster like i said where a day would take 20 or 30 minutes it now takes like five or ten which is like the standard that the game would be at if you had like a lower amount of entities currently on the map that's like a pretty standard average for like how long a day should take so you can get through more of the game just because it's simply running faster. Right. Um, and so I feel like if we're just going to talk about um, mods that fix games, we should really just talk about Bethesda games because everybody knows that they're yep. fucking broken when they're released. Mm -hmm. And uh, the community will get to fixing it first. So you can go right now to the Steam community page, the workshop uh, for Skyrim, or you can go to the Nexus uh, slash Vortex mod manager page. And for Skyrim, Skyrim Special Edition, uh, and Skyrim Anniversary Edition, all of the top mods is the Community Fix mm -hmm. mod. It is just everybody downloads that. All of the mod authors build with that having been installed in mind. So... Yeah, it's just that the, is... the framework that every mod you're ever going to play is operating off of on a base level. It's a yeah. mandatory inclusion to play the and game modded. All it does is it just makes the game run as it was intended. And, uh, you know, it doesn't truly add any sort of, like, performance updates because... Skyrim was released in 2012, which was 11 years ago. Yep. Um, it's not that old. Like, that's a long no, time ago. But, but in game engines terms, haven't. That's not yeah. crazy. Game engines, especially Bethesda ones, have not gone uh, much further mm -hmm. in terms of. Uh, like the potential so yeah like skyrim is still like about the best you'll get out of a bethesda game mm -hmm. correct me if i'm wrong if you know as well i believe that skyrim fallout 4 and fallout 76 are all in the same engine yeah they are and they um so 76 was not re was released i don't know less than five years ago certainly so that's operating in the same engine that skyrim was still in so 11 right. years really isn't that long when it comes to things like that so i think for bethesda games uh the last one in their outdated engine was new vegas i i that want sounds to say. right yeah because uh, it was fallout 3 and then new vegas right correct yeah yeah so i think it was new vegas because oblivion came out like 2004 mm -hmm. um 
And then we have Skyrim, all of Skyrim's bonus editions, Fallout 4, Fallout 76 on their current engine. And the reason why Bethesda hasn't released any of their new games yet is they're making a new engine. Mm-hmm. So that's what Elder Scrolls 6 will be on. Um, any new Fallout games? What's that other one that they're working on? Star something? Do you know oh, what I'm talking God. about? I do know what you're talking about. It, the name is so generic. Um, Star Citizen, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're just waiting on that, basically, to release anything. I've been hearing words of New Vegas, too, as well, oh. which is interesting I know you like that i do but also if they don't get obsidian working on it what's the point obsidian is what made sure, new vegas sure. good not bethesda to sort of lasso us back into mods here basically um the fix mods are the community just doing patchwork on the game things that got past quality of life mm-hmm. or not quality of life uh quality got assurance past quality assurance yeah yeah like the final edit of the game um they'll fix bugs textures mm-hmm. um things that clip in and out i've seen a lot of yeah. fixes of like when this modded armor comes in it clips through the standard models or th- this base game armor clips through standard models so it just no longer does that and it just looks yeah correct. no clipping is a big thing especially in bethesda mm-hmm. games um yeah Another thing that mod authors do is they fix other mods mm-hmm. and the interaction between one mod and another mod. Right. Uh, so that's another really cool thing to me is that people will enjoy a mod so much, enjoy another mod so much, but the way that they interact uh, is either um, uh, slowing the game down, causing some unexpected issues, or just isn't extremely pleasant and they will take the time to fix it so that everybody else can mm-hmm. enjoy those two mods together. Exactly. And you said quality of life, which is actually a very good segue into our next category, which would of course be our quality of life mods. Now these are in my opinion, at least similar to fixes but they are more in minor tweaks to the game where a fix is just making something correct. A quality of life mod is making something better, making something more efficient. I'll say, I don't want to say easier because I feel like when you're talking about modding, if you say it makes something easier, there's a negative connotation to that. And that's not what I'm trying to imply. Um, some examples of this would be like the Skyrim inventory overhaul, which I don't know the exact name of, but it makes Sky it UI. Sky UI. Thank you. It makes it look and feel, I said almost like a fallout inventory where instead of having like your big shooting up to the sky, three branching path, it's just tab and it brings up your inventory in a list of like separated columns of like weapons armor which of course the base game already did but it just makes it look a lot cleaner and it's a lot easier to manage especially on pc i suppose consoles don't really have that issue as much because you can't you don't have a you just don't have a mouse that would require it but i'd say i think it has a search function it's been a while since i've played skyrim it does Um, yeah one thing that you said that's wrong though is you still shoot up into the cosmos for your levels 
that's oh true. how it always yes. is. You're, mm-hmm. you're always yeah. looking at the constellation for levels, right? Uh, and nobody wants that removed. That's cool no, shit. of course not. I wouldn't say that that should be changed, but the standard inventory system, sure, yeah, they, certainly should have been. They and got it away from, it. yeah, they got it away from, uh, like the compass into, uh, just like this sort of wasn't messy it was just unpleasing yeah and so they made it into like an actual like interface instead of um uh it was almost like a hud before Mm -hmm. where it was just like overlaid over the game they made it into an interface that you can like type into and stuff like that made it way better um and uh more sorting options and and stuff like that exactly Uh, so that's yeah it's a perfect quality of life uh example right there as well is rimworld i'm gonna be talking about rimworld a lot rimworld is a very heavily moddable game um a couple of the like that's a game where i can't i'm gonna talk about this concept more later but i can't play 100 percent vanilla rimworld anymore i can play it with low content mods but there are certain quality of life mods that i can no longer play the game without these can ranging these can range from things such as colonists provide uh colonist prioritizing hauling perishable foods over other items with the please haul perishables mod or achtung which gives you better controls over colonists while they're drafted these are very small fixes realistically like please haul perishables you literally won't there is no interface there is nothing that changes how you see the game it is simply something that minorly tweaks the code of how colonists act to prioritize things that can degrade over time quicker than like steel something like that and quality of life mods personally i don't know what your opinion on it is i would say that these are the most important of mods outside of just straight up fixes because these mods will just keep you playing the game longer for an average play session when you don't have five or six what i would consider like micro issues but over time if you're playing a game for 60 70 hours they're gonna start to grow on you is things that like really start to annoy you overall and at a certain point you're just gonna get tired of it and maybe stop playing the game even though you enjoy the game and you want to keep playing it these things just detract from the experience just enough that you're not gonna put in another 10 20 hours into the game i don't know if i would say quality of life is the most important thing for me when it comes to mods um I'm usually just going to look for more content, mm-hmm. more uh, immersion, usually. Um, I will say to that effect. it definitely depends on what game you are playing as well. Yeah, I guess like, that is definitely coming from talking of RimWorld. That's a game where like a colony could last a couple hundred hours and those small things are going to add up where if you're playing skyrim the inventory as is is fine it's not bad it's not an awful inventory it's perfectly manageable but sky ui is just objectively better 
So like something like that isn't going to make me stop playing Skyrim where all of my food rotting away in Rimworld because uh, none of my colonists decided that, that was important enough to pick up and haul uh, is something that will make me stop playing the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say, uh, you know, Minecraft probably could just, you could, I could make the argument, I think pretty well, that almost every mod for Minecraft is a quality of life mod. Uh, so if you think mm -hmm. about some of the biggest mods, like the ones that add engineering, like tech it, and like the mod packs that add like magic systems to it mm -hmm. and stuff, um, they are just making things faster mm -hmm. for the most part. So like in tech it, there's like the quarry that will literally mine out an entire chunk. Yep of a area so that you don't have to mine and mm -hmm. then you just you know you have like your automatic sorting pipes um you have your automatic farms you know all of that stuff and you know it's worth noting a lot of those things can be accomplished through redstone mm -hmm. um but with how deep redstone is you it starts to feel like maybe you should have attended a four-year college to become a redstone engineer mm -hmm. i agree um, but like Minecraft has things that change your inventory, allow you to teleport items like through different chests without having to use like the end chest or whatever the fuck it is. I don't play normal Minecraft. Exactly. So I don't know. Uh, but, but like all of the things that they're changing is just for more efficiency to just mm. play Minecraft. Um, I and I guess Minecraft is kind of weird like that where it's like there's like one big thing that you got to do to beat the game and mm -hmm. once you do it like what else do you do you know so you start making your own goals and stuff mm -hmm. uh and that's sort of why i think quality of life is just like most of the mods see i would agree to a certain extent to that a lot of what you described i would personally count as a content mod things like tech it with like your logic pipes and your quarries i would consider that content still even though i do agree that it it does improve your quality of life in minecraft it's not content but I, like i just think like minecraft is the biggest quality of life no I, experience that i've had i do agree with that i would consider the difference between quality of life and content is a quality of life is something that changes a system in the game and content is something that actively adds something to the game so oh god what's the the big ui one for minecraft that like shows you all of the items that exist and like too many items how, yes too many items i haven't played these games in ages i can't remember the official name anymore <laughs> too many items i would 100 percent consider a quality of life mod where like sure sure equivalent exchange 100% improves your quality of life and I would never on my life argue that I would still consider that a content mod over quality of life you know what I mean okay yeah I get what you said that, that's so, like my personal I guess distinction between the two my best example of a quality of life mod then is going to be um did you play any Pathfinder games or did you just watch Brum play them at like one time I played 
Kingmaker very briefly, I refunded it. I realized that it wasn't the flow of the game wasn't for me. When you played it, did it have the update to give you turn-based combat? I believe it did, and I just okay. didn't like the flow of how it worked. The same so, happened with Path of Exile. No. Yeah, yes. so... Pillars of they've, a, Whatever one. Not Poe. Pillars of Eternity. They bo- they're both Poe. I always get them confused for some reason, even though they're very different games. Are you talking about the second Pathfinder game, Wrath of the Righteous? No, Pillars of Eternity is uh, oh, that, a game yeah, yeah, yeah. similar in play game, style. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. either real, it's real time slash turn based. Yeah, and so, neither of them felt good. So basically, uh, when Kingmaker first came out, there was not a turn based mode mm-hmm. that was added for the second uh, Pathfinder game, Wrath of the Righteous. Yep, and then like uh, uh, retroactively added into kingmaker so that people could play kingmaker kingmaker with um turn-based but before that mm-hmm. there was the mod for kingmaker that made it turn-based and that has got to be the best quality of life because yeah. a game like that where you are operating what, what's the party size five it's you four, and four. four or five yeah that sounds right mm-hmm. a game like that where you're operating five fully built first edition pathfinder characters yeah you can't just have the amount shit of shit going that by they the do on each turn is insane so yeah. you can't play in real time with slowdown you know like they have like a bullet time thing that you could do yeah that sucks because they're still operating in initiative order mm-hmm. they're you know so it was just it was either you play in the turn-based system or you build one character try and beat the game with one character with all your other characters on auto yeah like auto like the ai taking over so exactly that is my best example of quality of life than with working within the not adding content to the game that makes it more quality of life just changing the game so that it feels better is going to be the turn-based things i uh, from pathfinder i completely agree yeah and I think based on that conversation, uh, you want to move into content and then hop back yeah, yeah. to immersion since we're yeah, talking we can do about that. it already. So content mods are what I would consider to be the bulk of mods in general. Like you have a pretty good bank of quality of life mods for most games, but once they're there in the community agrees that they are the set of quality of life mods, you don't really need any other ones once most of the like tedious systems in a game are fixed you just don't need more quality of life changes but you can always have more content mods now this can be pretty much literally anything when it comes down to it but as i stated a second ago i would consider this and classify it as something that actively adds something to the game that wasn't there previously it's not just upgrading a system that already exists such as a quality of life mod or doing like some kind of change to visuals or gameplay as we'll discuss in a moment but it's completely adding something new for the example of skyrim it would be 15 new sets of armor and 30 new craftable weapons that you can either make or find throughout the game on various npcs or having force powers on your colonists in RimWorld. This is something that is inherently changing a uh, inherently adding something to the game that was not there before previously. 
Yeah, and I think um sorry, I was taking a drink of squirt. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, I think uh my best example for this is Divinity Original Sin 2. Mm-hmm. Um because I can just say Odin Blade and yeah. you know the set of the, required mods that is inherent to every run that we will play from now to the end of time. Exactly. You know exactly what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. The way that this author Odin Blade makes the game just strictly better mm-hmm. by taking everything that's within the game already and just building on it is like it's immersive it is additional content it's more skills to mess around with find different combinations expands areas of the skills that already exist so like the um earth what is that terromancy yep mm-hmm. there was oil there was poison and uh he and- added more of both so that you can mm-hmm. be like just a guy that like throws rocks and oil or you can be just a poison guy or you can have both of those because why limit yourself exactly um, same with like uh um i'm drawing a blank uh the necromancy mm-hmm. skill line there was a lot of things that had to deal with blood and there was like two things that, that had were to do like, with necromancy <laughs> that were like this has necromancy right uh, and like this is what a necromancer does so he added yeah. in like six or seven summons mm, that... as well as the undead overlord skill which instead of letting you have one at a time you can now have three at a reduction right. to your overall life total yeah so just great additions to the game that already exist i mean I'm not going to talk about Skyrim too much more because I feel like I've already talked about it to death and people already I mean, know we're gonna Skyrim be, gets We're going to be talking about it more for sure. Don't worry. It's Skyrim. Um, it's the modding game. Yeah. I mean, there literally there is a community and a project that is literally just about rebuilding the game Oblivion in Skyrim yep. in the new engine. Um, like that's just con that's literally just content that's like taking yep. a region of pokemon and putting it into a new game mm-hmm. that doesn't have that region in it um i think uh yeah these are just like these are your mods like mm-hmm. this is what you go to modding for and then the other things that we have are like probably why you stay in a modded game mm-hmm. realistically right cuz i mean you beat like say a quest that's added in skyrim and stuff and it's like okay so i wanted to play this quest that i saw a youtube video on i did the quest it was a fun quest line it was like you know maybe five hours of gameplay Mm -hmm. um if you're not uh doing anything else you're probably not going to play much more skyrim if you've already beaten the game and gotten a lot of hours out of it yeah but if you have a bunch of quality of life a bunch of um you know uh, you know new content mods um you have the fixes so you're not like frustrated with the stupid broken bethesda game then mm. you know those sort of things are are amazing and then of course we have like the immersion mods which can get you into a game in a completely different way yeah uh the big rim world example that i will draw for content mods is an entire collection of mods called vanilla expanded by a name that i'm gonna butcher so i apologize in advance by 
the main author is Oscar Potoki. I don't know. P-O-T-O-C-K-I. Polish, I believe. I don't know how to actually pronounce it. Aren't she, you fucking Polish? I don't speak it. <laughs> Those are two very different things. It also uh... might be russian ukrainian i don't know um but this is a whole group of mods that was developed specifically with the base game in mind of like i'll talk about it a bit in a bit um rimworld has some mods that can just make you incredibly broken and overpowered which all of these games do of course but a lot of people don't like those because they still want the like normal vanilla balance of the game and all of this series of mods has been made specifically with that design mentality in mind similar to like how world of warcraft went back to classic or old school runescape continues to get new content in the style of old school runescape they don't take runescape 3 design philosophy when they're coming up with new ideas it's right. that same kind of thing but instead of the actual studio putting that out it's just a whole series of mods so like say for your power generation in base game room world you only have like five or six different things you have like wood and chem fuel generators solar panels and um geothermal generators those are like the only real ways you can get power where this adds in either bigger versions of them it adds in a nuclear power in for when you're in like the end game and you like really need a big base with a lot of power output it adds those kind of things but it's not just like oh here's a very low cost generator that produces 50,000 kilowatts of power and it has no maintenance cost. It's like, okay, it has like the same maintenance cost. You still need to have a fuel for it. And it's really just keeping the same idea of how RimWorld operates at a base level, but just adding in new things. And this is a whole series of mods that is basically included on any playthrough that I do just because they're all nice to have none of them are like oh i need this or like wow this is so fun it's just like yeah this is something that i could see being in the real base game of rimworld also on the other hand for content mods in rimworld you can have a whole 40k playthrough which obviously i've done a couple times but that on the other hand makes everything fucking busted because if you have a space marine translated into RimWorld, uh i know you don't know a ton about warhammer other than what i've said but a space marine is a heavily super genetically soldier, modified right? super yeah. soldier yeah so like in RimWorld, you have statistics for all of your colonists so like say handling vision breathing all of these are measured like zero to 100 percent, and then it can go above 100 percent if say you have a bionic arm on somebody your handling will go from 100 percent to 150 percent because they can do 50 percent more work based on that your baseline astartes is gonna be like 400 percent in like yeah. all of their stats which is absolutely batshit insane until like really really late game and the game just doesn't know how to scale properly to that 
So like you can go super busted or you can go, I'm going to stick to the normal game and just have some more things to do in like, I think RimWorld, not only as most people that I talk to know, RimWorld is one of the best games ever made, but it's one of the most moddable games ever made as well, uh, probably outside of Minecraft. I'll probably still give Minecraft that title for sure. But it's, it's hard very to high. Exactly. <laughs> Minecraft is just so well known. Like the biggest controversy about Minecraft with Dream is based off of mods. So like... It's hard to not say that's part of it. Yeah. But that is what overall I would consider content mods. And we'll go back to just some of like what some of our favorite mods are at the end, I think, here. But for now, uh, let's hop into some immersion mods. Now, this can be a variety of different things, as I've said, for literally all of these categories. Um, the main items that I would put into this list are things like graphical overhauls, your dynamic weather and texture packs and retextures of things, but it doesn't have to strictly be that. It can range from putting survival mechanics into a game that isn't necessarily a survival game, like I called it Frostfall and Tyler's about to correct me for Skyrim, the one that makes you have to like camp and keep your heat up and eat and all of that um to mods that make the world feel more lived in such as rim wars in of course rim world which makes the other factions interact with each other on the world map having like large-scale battles and certain factions taking out other faction bases or completely eliminating another faction in certain cases that i've seen this just makes the immersion category makes whatever game you're in feel more real and feel more lived in is what i would consider them yeah and just so you know you're right it is frost frostfall but oh, uh, it's right? also paired with a um a mod called um campfire i think that's what i was missing i knew i was missing something um, with it when i wrote that yeah but I'm going to use Skyrim as an example, and I'm going to gush about Frostfall for like just a second because I, not I think only Skyrim is the best example for immersion mods for sure. Other yeah, than like I, I'd probably say so. Going 4K ray tracing in Minecraft, but that one to me is like why, but technically it is an immersion mod, I guess. I, I don't know if I agree with you that graphic overhauls are a immersion mod. I think it's more of a quality of life. That's fair. I can because I, I think at, after a certain point with new games, you get spoiled into looking at pretty games. Yeah, and then you go into Minecraft and like, you know, old Minecraft. It was like, what the fuck am I looking at? This literally looks like shit. It looks like somebody took a shit, textured it, made it into a block, and they called it dirt. See, I'm um, gonna disagree there, but I think that's a question of art direction versus graphics sure, sure. and that's a yes. different episode but, <laughs> it's a whole different conversation but we can we can agree that graphics don't necessarily add to immersion uh yes, if you're just overhauling sure. them i, I, I can obviously that, yeah. texture packs can dynamic weather is of course immersive it's anything that makes the game feel more um livable more like it's a breathing world yeah so mm -hmm. like you said um it's not you in the world it's oh, i'm sorry it's not you are the world it's you are in the world 
Mm-hmm. So with your uh, your RimWorld example, there's the factions that are operating, and then you also interact with them. Yep. Mm-hmm. My my uh, my I'm going to stand on my soapbox and talk mm-hmm. about why Frostfall is the best immersive mod in all of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in Skyrim. Uh, and you are anywhere north of like White Run. Uh, it starts to snow uh, very heavily, mm-hmm. like the big snow that's going to accumulate like six inches overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, there's times where like you hear the wind like ripping past your character and stuff. Uh, but you really like the way that that armor that you got off of that bandit looks it's just kind of like kilt made out of fur mm-hmm. so your your bare chest is out and your nipples aren't even pointy and mm-hmm. like, that's some bullshit you're in true you're in an area where the sea above you is like half frozen um and there's and you don't even glaciers sticking nips. out of it and you don't even have any hard nips it's fucked up uh so frostfall adds hard nipples to the game thank god it's about fucking time it is a cold weather survival system as well as uh it adds like tracking moisture on your character so like if you're soaked uh you will get cold faster uh, mm-hmm. until you warm up but with the other mod that i think is now required to play frostfall is uh the like the camping one it mm-hmm. gives you a system um you place down a tent you start up a fire you look for wood to burn in the surrounding area it like fades to black comes back you know a certain amount of time has passed you get your wood uh then you can craft the items out of like the firewood that you find animal skins that you have and that's all taking place outside of a city where there's like the um the forge and like the leather rack and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um and so it lets you interact with uh, Skyrim in a way that I imagine the creators of the game may have wanted at first, um, maybe tossed around in like the writing room, and were like, well, that's a little bit hardcore for Bethesda game. But mm-hmm. they, this mod author has shifted it so that you can have to worry about hypothermia while you are swimming to... Um, the aisle where uh, the standing stone of the serpent is, if you're trying to join the racist stormcloaks, that's like your trial is to like go and you know go to that island. Um, and it doesn't feel like a trial if it's just like walk there, kill an iced wraith, and then walk back. Right. Um, like that. What the trial is just like you know like a you have to fight a, a monster. Um, but like, it, it seems like the intended trial was like surviving the swim out to the glacier, then fighting an ice wraith, you know, and then making it back. So it's, uh, it gives it much more of that Beowulf feel, uh, uh, Mm. when you have Frostfall installed and, uh, you know, it changes the way immersion mods change the way that you play the game uh you know so like Mm -hmm. a a random guard will be chatting to you about the cold in between you know 
complaining about old war wounds and bad knees. Yeah. Uh, but now you actually are having that conversation with the guard, you know, outside of Windhelm as you're standing by the big brazier of fire warming up because you're literally about to fall over from hypothermia. So mm-hmm. that's what I love about Frostfall. Um, other examples of immersive immersive mods are uh, dialogue tree overhauls. Mm-hmm. So in a game like Fallout 4, um, I didn't play a lot of it, but I know that there's some pretty shit dialogue. Yep, uh, especially and so, the system that it operates on where compared to, which I'm sure is kind of what you're about to get into, where like New Vegas, it yeah. wasn't... Or to start, in Fallout 4, you have a three or four like path similar to like a Mass Effect where it's like sarcastic, kind, joking answer where New Vegas was, here's exactly what you were going to say when you pick this option where Fallout 4 was like, oh, I'm going to pick the sarcastic answer. I just want like a little witty quip and then it turns into, yeah, you're a piece of shit and I'm going to fucking kill you. And it's like, that's, wait, that's not sarcastic. That is the most aggressive thing you could have possibly said. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, um, the old Oblivion uh, uh, disposition meter where you can change it by mm. like playing that little wheel game and like read their facial oh, expressions. You mean you know the thing that, about? yeah, the thing that made me not want to play Oblivion, I recall. That one system that doesn't matter if you have any amount of gold made you not want to play the game. No, there were other ones as well, but that added on to it. Oblivion is my favorite Elder Scrolls game, so you better watch your fucking mouth. Let's talk about memes. But yeah, let's let's talk about some meme mods now. Now, these, to be honest, I think are maybe the biggest thing that people think about when they haven't modded games, and I'd say are possibly a decent chance of why people don't get into modding on whole like i've talked about replaying skyrim or having my girlfriend replay skyrim because it's one of her favorite games i'm like you should just play it on my pc with a bunch of mods and she's like i don't want to have fucking thomas the tank engine and macho man randy savage dragons flying around and just taking me completely out of this fucking game and it's like that's fair i don't disagree with that just don't play those mods if you don't want it but also they're fucking hilarious and uh sometimes that is what you want having thomas the tank engine assaulting you you have your minecraft girlfriend mods or just like 90 percent of the mods for left for dead on whole are basically all just meme mods and these are great and can be a ton of fun seeing a flying train in your high fantasy game but at the same time that is easily the most immersion breaking thing i could think of and if what you're playing skyrim for is the immersion of being in that game and trying to like live in that world that is the fucking last thing that you want to see and i could see that turning people off from trying modding at all because that can be like it could be some of the like highest rated mods for a certain game of like just some dumbass shit and you see that and you're like well i don't I don't feel like getting into this and I could see that like really turning people off from actually trying to get into it. And I won't say finding better mods, but mods that are better 
for them personally i mean i think meme mods they rarely make it into my mod list but when they do it's for a very specific reason exactly um, yes and in, in skyrim there is a couple of lines of dialogues that guards will mutter uh if you walk past them too many times mm -hmm. uh talking about getting shot by an arrow in the knee uh and your sweet will getting stolen yep uh at one point i had installed a mod that would literally just smite them with a lightning bolt when they said that it killed them that's see that's great it's the so dumbest shit walk, ever but it's hilarious i would walk through uh through white run and it would go off like twice there's just this thunderclap boom mm -hmm. and you know they're guards so they're not uh not essential npcs and they just get replaced after two days anyways right so it doesn't really change much but the one meme mod that i had was uh i can't remember what it's called i think it's like how many ways can you kill heimskir mm -hmm. um who's the priest of talos in white run that oh, like, okay. gotcha. aggressively preaches yep uh and it adds in like six or seven buttons that are just ways to kill him and then one that respawns him yeah that's great that sounds so, so hilarious it like catapults him into the air mm. uh it like spawns one of those big spike traps from uh like a dungeon and like swings it on him mm -hmm. um and like a dragon just like appears and breathes fire on only him and then disappears it's just like hovering yeah. in place and just like fire breath mm -hmm. it's just like it was a great mod where it's just like god damn you yeah because that's one where you have your like 15 20 minutes of fun with it and then you don't you just really it touch off. it again. Yeah, you either toggle yeah, you it off or it like off. you leave it. And then six hours later, you happen to be walking past him in a right white run and go, yeah, I do want to see him shoot into the sky one more time. And <laughs> yeah, then that's exactly. it. You're not benefiting from this. You're not getting anything out of it. But like, it's just funny. And sometimes that's just great <laughs> in a mod. Sometimes that's all you want. But it's never going to be the like, I think we can agree that it would never be the majority of things that we have installed in our mod lists. Right. So the next question that I have is simply why mod? Why mod your game at all? Because I think there are definitely a subsection of people that would say, why would I want to change the game that I love? Why would I want to change it? so heavily even if you're not doing like a ton of huge content mods you're just doing some like quality of life stuff or like some like a lighter mod load just like i already love this game i've spent so much time in it why would i want to change it now to me personally modding is just a way to extend the playtime and enjoyment of a game that you do already love uh, like I said at the top, it gave a game that I love more life and way more way to have fun in it for Elden Ring. I have over 500 hours, I think, on PC alone. And then I also have a couple hundred hours on PlayStation where I have a platinum trophy over there, which I will plug constantly because it's my only one and I'm very proud of it. Um, 
But eventually, that game starts to become pretty repetitive. And when it becomes repetitive, you at least for me, uh, I really start to lose interest in a game, no matter how replayable it is. And of course, you could say, hey, maybe just don't play a game for 2,109 hours, uh, to which I say uh, RimWorld is the best game ever made and you can't stop me. But giving your favorite game more content, in my opinion, is almost never a bad thing. The only real downside that I can think of to it is that it can make the base game more and more it, it can make the base game more difficult to enjoy on its own. But I don't think that's inherently a bad thing. If you can get another two to three hundred hours out of a game that I love to play, but now I can't play it without a certain set of like minor mods, who cares? As long as you're not doing this in like a multiplayer game where it's negatively impacting the experience of other players i think you should do what makes you happy like obviously wall hacks is a mod that you could install in call of duty that's actively making the game worse for other people that's a bad mod i mean it's an exploit and cheat which is technically a mod but not really i don't consider them in the same vein but like minecraft i think we can both probably agree neither of us will ever play vanilla minecraft again in our life yeah i don't know if you feel yeah, the unless same it's way like but it's a server where it's right. like just the people in my house playing mm. it's like all right but, fine i'll go mine the iron like a fucking slave but even then if you're doing something like that you'd go hey why don't we just throw some servers, some mods into this server, boys? It'd be a little bit more fun for all of us, don't you think? Yeah, exactly. Unless somebody's like adamant about it, then I'm going to be adamant about adding some fucking mods. Exactly. So, like, it just gives you more time in it. And I don't think overall it's that. But you could consider it detrimental, but I don't personally think it would be considered that way. I think clearly from talking about it for this long i think they're great i think modders do a fantastic overall unpaid job of just creating content for a game that they love in a game that other people love and i just think the community that can be built around that is fantastic and they do a lot of good work and i feel i feel that they go a little underappreciated i think a lot of people that mod do understand the time that goes into it we were talking about divinity 2 uh our friend brum made his own class in there and he has i'm just gonna ballpark and say 600 hours within divinity 2 and i think like he said three to four hundred of them were making one mod that people really like i think it's actually one of the like higher rated non-odin blade <laughs> class mods to be honest true, so true. like you put a lot of time into it because it's not just like most games don't have a UI that's just like, oh, put in whatever you want, drop in your art and then pick these buttons and figure out and then it makes the mod work. It's learning coding like you have to know how the game works on its base level, like in its base code. And then you also have to be able to code like I don't know if you know much about this, but from a lot of YouTube videos that I watch, 
there is a content creator and modder for Super Mario Odyssey, Crafty Boss, who has made Super Mario Odyssey fully multiplayer, which Nintendo is a huge fan of. They really love his work for sure. They love when you mod their games. They're a big fan. <laughs> they haven't um, given two copyright strikes to Point Crow, another incredible content creator within the last couple months or anything. I'm not going to get into my Nintendo hate. Don't worry. hate bothering um, <clears throat> Nintendo right now. But, like, the amount of time that, like, Crafty Boss had to put into making a non-multiplayer game work very well multiplayer like there were obviously in the early stages of it a lot of crashes and desyncing and things like that but like as i see it operating in newer videos that come out from him and numerous other people within the super mario odyssey community uh it looks incredibly stable they very rarely have issues they have like a lot of competitions in like minor tournaments of like the big one that they do is like hide and seek within all of the different mario world with all of the different worlds within odyssey and like that shit's wild he made a single player game multiplayer on the switch which as we both know shit multiplayer system that's not it, it's kind of me hating on nintendo but like it's also just objective facts it is a bad multiplayer system and like that kind of shit he had to literally reverse engineer the code for smo which is wild that he was able to do that and make a functioning multiplayer mod and i just don't think that a lot of people understand the gravity of that and what that means i don't even really understand the gravity of that like i understand that it's impressive but outside of that like i don't know what the fuck went into that how many hundreds of hours did he have to pour into that concept to make it work and make it work well you know what i mean yeah i mean it's it's a labor of love and i think it's also a love letter to the game developers and the teams that are behind the games. Um, yes. You're changing mm -hmm. it from the original, uh, which can sometimes... I would say that if you're changing someone's art, it's disrespectful. Mm. And I certainly think that video games are art. Yes, I But agree. I think modders are doing it from a, a place of love. They're putting their own time into taking a game that they enjoyed the hell out of enough to the point where they are going to learn everything that they need to so that they can put something within the game and then share it to the community mm -hmm. um fixing something that was missed uh increasing the graphics a lot of the times they're not getting paid um mm -hmm. you know skyrim tried that a little bit but like that fell apart pretty quick uh yeah. You know, Skyrim Together Reborn was launched a little while ago. And you can play Skyrim with other people, multiplayer. I think it's four people and it's not instanced, which means you don't have to be in the same zone. You're both interacting with the world and the things that are happening. Um, as long as you don't get too crazy desynced are happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um you know, somebody loved Minecraft so much that they added more physics to a game constructed out of blocks. They put uh, 
you know, um, electricity into the game. Yeah, working electricity. They, they put, uh, you know, hydraulics into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's pneumatic pipes and all of this stuff in Tekkit. Uh, people designed an entire magic system to work within ma- uh, within Minecraft. And this is all in a game where the first thing that you do every time you start a new world is punch a tree in half. Exactly. So it's just, it's just, it's always, it's always so crazy to think that like somebody loved this game this much that they want to give back to other people playing the game. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times mods can be credited to why a game is still being played. I said it earlier, Skyrim came out in 2012. That was 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of games that have a 11-year uh, runtime. Run and I think mods definitely do a heavy lifting for Skyrim. Um, outside of very classic games that have like a speedrunning community or something like that, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not going to see people playing old games like that um aside from a very small amount of people that are just doing it for nostalgia exactly um, and we'll probably have a speed running episode at some point because that's something that i'm very into as well uh, so cool speed running <laughs> so cool i didn't know that you weren't a fan of speed running interesting so we're definitely having a speed running episode now well that that one might be an actual debate <laughs> we'll see All right um, to cap off here, though, uh, my idea was just to kind of highlight some of the games with some of the best mods, and we've been doing it a bit, obviously, throughout here. I just want to, like, call out some of the best mods that we think of when we think of certain games. Uh, obviously, to start with Minecraft, uh, Tekkit isn't... Is Tekkit in and of itself a mod? It's obviously a mod pack but it's, is, it's is a mod pack that was worked on it's, as well it's really hard to call out individual mods in minecraft now because people set out with their team to set up a certain goal by mm. everybody working on different mods so i mostly have been talking about mod packs yeah mm-hmm. So there are definitely two specific mods that I do want to call out for Minecraft. One of them you actually already mentioned was Ars Magica. I think the magic system that they introduced with that worked and flowed so well as it wasn't overly confusing. Like, I don't know if you remember it, Thomcraft, the original Thomcraft was a mod that I really wanted to get into, but it was at a point in time when like, wiki entries and guides for mods weren't very big so you'd have to like just watch a let's play of it and like kind of figure out what they're doing but like obviously youtuber let's plays are going to be edited and they're going to cut out a lot of the like really mundane bullshit which thomcraft had Where they Google a searching. lot of yeah so like it just became very difficult but it's one that i thought was very cool in theory where ars magica just kind of made sense on its own included in on itself and let you like create spells in certain ways and i believe make magic gear and stuff i'm sure the other one 
even though it has become the bane of my Minecraft existence, it's, I think, one of the best mods is Tinker's Construct. And I say it's the bane of my existence because the initial setup for Tinker's Construct is hell. It's such a fucking pain in the ass of all of the resources that you have like, to... Yeah. yeah, to make the forge of, like, mm-hmm. you need an absurd amount of sand and clay and something else to make, like, specific bricks to make this furnace or to make this, like, multi-block construct forge. But once you have it, it's incredible. It lets you make just broken weapons and it adds in, like... I'm not even going to really guess at least 10 different weapons into the game as well as various kinds of tools. And like, that's, I believe where, Oh, what's it called? It's not the Matic. That's a real, that's a real tool, not in Minecraft, but in the real world. Um, it let you make, um, a tool that was a shovel, a pickaxe and an ax all in one so you didn't have to take up three inventory spaces you just had this one item that did all three jobs as well as introducing just a number of different metals into the game that would get stronger and stronger as you go along with different patterns and things that you could put into it it put in like crossbows i i think that actually might be in minecraft now yeah it's in vanilla now yeah i guess i haven't played fucking ages but it did that yeah. far, far before the base game ever actually included it. And I haven't used the new Minecraft crossbows. I'm going to guess that the Tinker's Construct ones are more fun to play with. I don't know that for sure, but I'm going to take a guess and say that they is, are. That is a bold claim for a game where it's the controls are so simple that it's just like are you shooting the crossbow in both <laughs> of them? Like what? I mean, you're you know, right. Yeah, but uh, the abilities that you could put onto the crossbows in Tinker's Construct is what I feel like probably gives it an edge. Where, like, I'm sure you can enchant them in base game, don't get me wrong, but there were, like, I, I don't remember them now, but I think you could get, like, exploding th- bolts and, like, probably different elements and stuff. I don't know if that's in the base sure, game sure. now. I just have a feeling they'd be more fun because... I think of all of these communities that we've talked about, Minecraft has been one where people definitely acknowledge that the mod makers are kind of better at getting what the community wants into the game rather than the actual devs themselves. And I would yeah. not I would not say that about all games, but I would say that about Minecraft, for sure. Like RimWorld, so... I think the dev has a pretty good handle on what the community wants and when he drops a new dlc it either includes pieces of mods or is a new system that people liked and wanted where minecraft is just like we have caves now and they're like but we wanted things not we had caves and in fairness i did just watch a minecraft video I won't even lie. The cave update looks pretty good. Like it makes things look very. I was gonna nice. say. I won't. I won't shit yeah. on that update too much. If you <laughs> take, if you take even like a little baby, like little tiny shit on that, I think you're crazy. The cave update is massive. It Which adds was, a level of exploration to the game that originally I, was basically just like 
okay going I, through like air ducts and mountains is what it felt like i might be thinking of the wrong update what w- there was one update where the whole community was just like why right am i insane i swear there was one that people were bitching about it just going this was unnecessary we would have rather had anything else uh, maybe i'm just not the case it might not have been the case the KV work could was be like very well received it just it okay. made the game so refreshing and like anything underground was now more fun to go through yeah exactly okay um i can't i don't know what you're what you're talking I, about besides like adding be they add in like some stupid mobs every time every now yeah. and then like i think they added a frog recently or announced they were going to uh, I'm going to talk a little bit, not a little bit more about Divinity 2. Uh, we're just going to call out Odin Blade again, because like we said, we can't play that game without Odin Blade. That is, I would honestly say, one of the most successful mod series that I've ever played with. Like, it just makes the game so much more fun. It just gives you so many more options that the base game wasn't lacking options i wouldn't say that at all but like it's it's just such an incredible mod pack and then of course we have to shout out the monk class by my boy brub we gotta shout yeah that one for out sure again. um i think there are a couple of mods that unlocked a bunch of um concept uh character um creation things Mm -hmm. i'm having a really hard time trying to talk about but like a whole array of like skin tones hairstyles that were in the game but for one reason or another decided against um you can use like elf hair on a human or something like that you know you know what i'm saying oh Uh, Mm -hmm. those are cool because options are always better um there's a lot of quality of life changes in Divinity Original Sin 2 that I think are just worth having. Like yeah. a sprinting mod, just one that makes you move faster, um, is is worth having so that you can get to the fun part, which is getting your ass kicked uh, on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> See, but that is where we tie back into with my Minecraft example of them maybe not having as good of a pulse on what the community wants divinity 2 released the gift bag system which is basically a collection of dev mods such as sprinting or i believe both of us probably played with the um respec pool mod yes where they just put that into the game or it was the respec pool specifically in act one because it's before you had access to it that is just an option in the game now uh, for anyone listening to this, if you're playing Divinity 2 and you're going through the gift bags, you can enable most of them, but do not do the extra storage mod. That one's awful. Just don't don't turn that one on. It's not worth it. The rest of them, all pretty good. A couple of them are absolutely fucking broken. Like the one that lets you restore source points when you rest. That's just busted. But yeah whatever that's, that's probably a bit or um, the best yeah the best quality of life mod in that pack specifically that honestly i'll make the stance it's top five quality of life mods of all time spirit vision always on 
Spirit Vision, Spirit always, Vision on. always on is huge. Because I can't huge. tell you the amount of times in that game where I was stuck and I was like, what the yeah. fuck do I do? What yeah, am I missing? It's just like, Spirit oh, turn Vision. on Spirit Vision yeah. and it's the ghost two feet in front of you. And you're like, god damn. Yeah. Every time. Or, uh, I can think of multiple instances where that happened in Divinity Pet Joe. Talk. Pet Talk yeah. on all characters was huge too. It was because you were never going to take nothing that Nothing was ever locked behind that feet. But a whole bunch of fun, like there was uh, never any progression. Strong, fun is a strong word. Every animal quest line in Divinity Two is possibly the most oppressing thing I've ever heard in that game. Yeah, but like it's great, but it is. But it's what I what I meant was just like content that uh, immerses you in the world a little bit more is fun yeah. to me. Tragedy is not fun, but tragedy is great at doing that so it's good content for sure yes mm-hmm. uh but then like talking to the squirrel riding skeletons <laughs> yeah is amazing too there's a character that needed a better quest line for sure but that's very besides yeah. the point um uh, yeah what are, what are the games uh um, you got I'm gonna talk about Rimworld. Rim I'm not gonna talk about a that at all. little more. There's only a couple things that I want to highlight in here. Uh, one is SRTS, short range transport systems. The caravan system. I've seen people talk about it on Reddit a little bit recently. Of like, what do you think the next DLC is gonna be? And a lot of them is that they hope that there's some kind of overhaul to the caravan system because I'm guessing you know Rimworld is played in a single map where your colony Mm -hmm. is but then there's a big world map that you can traverse around but the mechanics around it are pretty shit for a lot of reasons one it's just very tedious two if you have say a colonist with a drug addiction or some kind of an injury there isn't really a good way to deal with that they won't take them or heal themselves on their own and there wasn't I believe there is now there's an out you can make an outpost which is like a temporary colony that like when you leave the map it goes away so it doesn't slow your game down more because you can by default have more than one colony if you want but it's as i talked about having rim threaded and having too many entities being loaded at once slows the game down having two different maps that it has to register multiple things on I've tried it like once in a playthrough and it made it almost unplayable for how much it slowed everything down. I killed the second colony or like took everyone away from it simply because the game was running too slow. But not being able to manage these things that will literally kill your pawns if you don't deal with them was really infuriating. And there isn't much to the system as it is right now. It's just go to place bring up the trade interface that you would get with any normal trade caravan that came in and then go back to your base um people have been talking about that in srts introduces ships that are like they just take chem fuel and you fly from place to place so instead of being a tedious oh this journey is going to take six days for them to get there and then six days for them to get back it's they fly over in a day and they come back in a day type of thing and you can like watch the progress on the map and that's just that one honestly is almost a quality of life mod in and of itself another one that i don't play with but i think it's one of the 
conceptually coolest mods within RimWorld is Combat Extended, where from what you've played, like you shoot at a thing and it does damage based on whether or not it hits or not, but like the visuals don't match. Like a bullet can make contact with a character, but it won't actually do anything. Combat Extended makes RimWorld Tarkov, kind of which is a okay. bold claim, but like you'll understand what I mean in a minute, of every gun now has different ammunition types it can use. Say it has an incendiary, an armor piercing, just your baseline. Uh, I don't know that much about guns. It's one of the reasons I don't play Tarkov. Um, so you're going to notice me not know a lot about what's going sure, on. Sure, sure. So like but... if you are shooting a massive gun, there's mm-hmm. a big bullet that's flying through the air. Uh, if you're shooting a little pistol, it's like a smaller one, right? Yeah, that kind and of it, like, thing. And it matches ammo types. Yeah. And, and like, takes, if you're shooting an energy rifle or something like that. Takes armor more into account where like... Okay. I, I don't know the calculations, how it works on the back end of it of like, if you're wearing a piece of armor might have 150% piercing resistance in... 100% blunt resistance for your ranged versus melee it makes those numbers matter more as my very vague term of not understanding how the back end calculations actually work it makes the game more sure, lethal sure. and like you really have to like where in the base game you can just throw your guy behind a wall in a sandbag and just have him fucking shoot out with six other enemies you actually have to like plan your attacks plan flanking things i think there might be an actual like suppression mechanic of if you have someone with like an lmg like the other person that they're shooting at then gets an aiming penalty because they can't fully pop their head out and look because they're being suppressed by a large weapon so it adds in just like a lot of stuff there but the reason that i don't use it is because it's so complex and there's so much built into it most mods don't work with it it really only works with base game and maybe vanilla expanded but like if you add in three new faction mo- if you add in say the warhammer mods there's a whole series of them and they all have of course weapons from warhammer mm-hmm. um combat extended will crash the fucking game because it doesn't know how to account for these things that are absolutely batshit insane like they're so much stronger than base game weapons and they interact in different ways. They've been built on a different framework, so they just don't work. And I normally want to play with more content mods rather than a more vanilla experience with combat extended installed. But like in theory, it's an incredible mod. It's really, really cool. And it stays updated pretty much for all of the new updates that come out to the game that break all the mods every time. But that, that's a really cool one that I want to call out. There's a whole series of Star Wars mods as well. That's the first. Those just have a special place in my heart because it's the first time that I beat the game was on a save where my starting colonists were three Sith triplets that, oh my okay. God, they're fucking busted. But like, they're so fun. They have working lightsaber mechanics and like working force powers of when you upgrade them if you have someone with a lightsaber they can stand there and just deflect bullets and never get hit until they starve and fall unconscious like it's batshit busted but it's super fun 
and like those kind of mods that's where i think RimWorld outside of minecraft is the most the best moddable game because it's just RimWorld. this build is a storytelling simulator so it's not like introducing these things as long as you don't care that it's busted it's all just for fun so it's like I want to play in a Star Wars world where my starting colony is Sith triplets, or I want to start with having three Astartes as my co is my colony, or one Primarch, which you don't know what that means, and we'll do a Warhammer 40k episode eventually, and you'll hate it, but too bad. But like, you can just do what you want. There's a whole series of them where it takes all of the technology out of the game, and you just have to play as a medieval colony instead so it keeps everything low tech instead of high tech which is the realistic point of room world and there's so just anything that can exist can fit into the world of room world and i think that that's very cool and the modding community around the game is just really incredible they're really good at what they do well i would say skyrim probably has the most dedicated uh modding community i would agree with that for sure 100 um, percent. i think you know besides talking about my favorite frostfall if you're looking for something within skyrim it's probably there um there's huge content overhauls there's massive graphics overhauls uh you know expanded cities expanded lighting systems uh expanded factions you know they're rewriting quest lines entire quest lines they Man. have people doing voice acting and new areas that are built from the ground up there's mandatory just... nudity mods that are required for literally everything in the game uh oh you're talking about like the, the body shape yeah yeah the one that they made a wild framework of our character model that is insanely proportioned women that are naked by default based on the mod and then everyone went fuck he was so good we're never gonna make anything better than this i guess is, <laughs> this is the new character model so like yeah whether or not you want that it's like do you want content mods yes well you also have you to need have this nudity. yeah it's kind of required because the dude was cracked out of his fucking mind when he made that mod uh yeah, so I mean, Skyrim's got it all. Fallout, much the same, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I listed it separately. There's nothing specific that I'm gonna right, call just, out there. It's but another like, Bethesda it's, game, with, right? The thing about Bethesda games is they give the tools to the community. Exactly. It's just all Which, like, out thank there. God. Like, it's nice to see a developer do that. Yeah. Um. You're gonna have to talk about Terraria and black ops 3 and slay the spire yep but um i i kind of want to uh touch on um there's this group of games that i played that i don't know if you know that i play them but they're uh realistic mill sims um there's squad and hell let loose and yeah, yeah. they have mods like they have modding communities and stuff and the way that those work is it's actually like an entire server that's modded because the games don't have like huge like single player way yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they both don't have it at all. Yeah, um, those are strictly like multiplayer mills. Yeah, and like Arma Arma 3 is another one. Yep. Arma 3 has lots of mods. 
uh, you can do like insert it into an area and like conduct a tactical operation as a mod pack or you know uh, there's one where you can like literally build a resistance on an island which is amazing mm-hmm. um, but squad there's one that I want to talk about um, I'm almost positive it's squad which is the realistic version of Hell Let Loose and Squad. Um, squad is uh, set in modern times. So you're running around with like M4s. Um, you know, you have like a squad gunner who has a light machine gun. You have a designated marksman in your squad or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, There is a community out there that turns Squad into Star Wars uh, like Battlefield 2, but it might be it might be armor three it's one of the two it's either armor three or squad and they have the best looking star wars game that has never been made i believe that 100 percent. yeah for sure like you know the clones drop ships that have the big sliding doors they're Mm. like flying minivans yep okay they they have those that you fly in on everybody drops down okay and all of the bullets have like are like the lasers from the tracers. So like mm-hmm. in a fully populated server, you see gameplay of people like jumping out and just immense amount of laser rifle fire is just flying past their face already. And mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, suppression mechanics inter- integrated into it and stuff. And at this point, people are making graphics mods and stuff. And um, it's so cool. And I haven't had the chance to play it. I really should look into playing it, um, but you know, busy with life and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like possibly one of the most fun experiences that you could maybe have with uh, with a mod, where it literally just takes the game and sets it in a well known universe that's already loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does sound pretty sick. Um. I can only talk a bit about Terraria. We have both. I, f- I feel like we've probably both played it about the same amount. Like tried to start it like six or seven times and just. Yeah, maybe got it like one mode. night with like uh, with like a group, a group of guys of play like one night. Yeah. And then it's just like, OK, we'll get back to this eventually. And then, and then just do. never do. Never get back why. to it. Uh, I'd say I've gotten like into hard mode in Terraria a couple times, so I'm going to talk about it strictly from what I've seen in videos of like, we both know that Terraria is Minecraft, but 2D and focused on bosses, I think is a fair way to say it. There are a lot of mods that add in like totally new bosses and like it, it has a similar modding community to Minecraft, just not as big because Terraria inherently isn't as big. But, like, they've done some crazy fucking shit in a game that already has some pretty crazy boss fights. Like, I don't know how much you've ever looked into Terraria, but, like, if you see, like, yeah, the Moon like Lord fight right? and shit, yeah. like, shit's already pretty wild. And people just put in more and more shit to make it absolutely insane. Like, I think they've doubled, there's a couple mods that, like, double the amount of bosses that are in there. And, like, of course, on top of that are adding in a ton of new weapons and, air quote, classes, because Terraria has classes in, like, how you, what you're using, but not in, like, a mechanical sense. But they just also have a very good modding community that I wanted to call out. I don't know if you know that Black Ops 3 also has a pretty crazy fucking modding scene. (laughs) 
yeah it's just specifically like zombie in maps, zombies right? yeah, yeah it's just all zombie maps and like you have some like real fucking meme ass shit of like the one room challenge where that is inherently a like a speedrun category or a challenge category listed on speedrun.com i suppose i should say of uh you stay in the starting room of a map but no this isn't stay in the starting room of a map this is you are in a like six by six room with one window and then like maybe the perks are there sometimes most of the time it's just like hey there's a mystery box here and it's just hey fucking see how long you can live and like that's a category of them there are ones where like there's water rising from the bottom of the map that you have to like outpace as you're just like climbing a big tower which right. are crazy fucking hard crazy hard but there's also on top of the like kind of what i would fall into like the meme category of things there is some of the best map design i've ever fucking seen in some of these like on par with the actual maps the one that i'm mainly going to talk about because they have like i'm looking at the list now they have call of the dead in there which is a black ops one map that was not in black ops 3 so they put that in there's like a wild west one they just have a ton of crazy shit in here. I think they've me written I think they've remade Transit. They might still be working on it. I don't know why you would. That map sucks, but that's besides the point. But the well, one that people I, love that map. No, they don't. People hate that map. That's like the worst people one love from Black that Ops map. 2. Black Ops 2 had some of the best maps in the game, but that was not one of them. People love that map. Bro. No. You got Mob Get of the on Dead. A bus. You got Mob of the Dead in Origins in that game. No one's playing fucking Transit other than our friend Bennett currently, who is trying to beat the Easter egg, which is just RNG, so it's awful. But the one that I want to talk about, Bennett is, loves it. He loves <laughs> he loves Transit. The one that I want to talk about is called Leviathan, which is if you put Bioshock into zombies not literally but like you're in this whole underwater facility it has the same physics in mechanics as moon if you played that at all in black ops one yeah yes yeah, i so did you, a little bit so you have like when you're underwater you have like moon gravity and you have to have like a rebreather on similar to when you didn't have oxygen in moon there's mm -hmm. like parts of the map that are destructible and will get flooded or cut off but like the level of detail not only put into just the map itself like how it looks visually um but also the easter egg is nuts uh our friend robert and i got through hi guys mr ruffles here i think a little under half of it at our absolute best run like one time we got to the mid boss of the easter egg and I think there's two mid-bosses and a final boss. I really want to beat it one day, but Jesus Christ, it's so hard. But there's also added in challenges of like the one that is, from our experience, almost key to getting anywhere in the Easter egg is you have to clear the first five rounds under a certain amount of time to unlock a shovel that is your replacement melee weapon that then one hits up to like a higher number of rounds which makes the game a lot more viable to play through but like the level of detail that went into this is 
absolutely fucking insane. Like, I'm just scrolling through it. New perks, new traps, a new type of zombie, buildables, boss fights, of course, an Easter egg that can be created can be completed solo which if you don't know is not necessarily inherent to zombies easter eggs and it's kind of infuriating yeah yeah because i didn't know that because you have to have mm -hmm. like a full squad on uh origins is it is it the castle origins can be completed solo you're thinking of derizendrock which can also be completed solo the big one in black ops 3 is the launch map which is shadows of evil which can be completed up to the final step solo the final step you have to have more than one person to complete oh uh, that's so annoying it is i've almost beaten that map once and i tried for a long time uh, up to the solo completion which is where the speed run would end but there's obviously devs on this project but there's also voice actors for there's five different voice actors listed on here for a number of different roles one of them is uber driver which i'm wondering if that is literal or supposed to be the uber driver because half the game's fucking german but like beta testers everything that went into this map it's so fucking well done it's insane like if you i feel like if you took someone that's familiar with zombies and just loaded up leviathan they would be like oh yeah Triarch went kind of fucking nuts with this one. This one's fucking sick. And then you'd be like, this is a mod. And they'd go, holy shit, what? This is a mod? Like, it's so incredibly well done. It's absolutely insane. And there are a couple other maps on here that are also really well done. And then there's also the Shrek mod, or the Shrek map, which Robert and I <laughs> did actually beat that ends with a boss fight with Lord Farquaad shit's wild we did beat that one it's cool there's a oh you i might convince you to play i won't but um there's a dunder mifflin map where you just go through oh, that's cool the office and there's like so i've only watched the video of it because i don't love the office it's like okay but it's a good sh uh, we're not getting into the office i like it i got tired of it um oh, man i'm gonna have to do an office episode i'll do an office episode I enjoyed the show, but then uh, cringe hits me real differently now, and I don't. It's harder. It's more difficult to watch now than it used to be. It's better now. Now that uh, now that. Uh, anyways, yeah. But yeah, it just has like a lot of. It obviously does have a zombie style Easter egg, but it has just a lot of like little Easter eggs and references, like actually within the office. That like, if you're an Office fan, you're gonna love it. In like the like look it up when you get a second um the level of detail of how accurate the map is to the office is fucking wild like it's basically just one to one exactly the same and like it's pretty cool how well they did um and then the last thing I want to talk about is Slay the Spire. And I know I've talked about Slay the Spire in our last couple episodes, but it's a game that I have gotten very, very into and remain within it. And the biggest, the biggest part of Slay the Spire modding is that you're going to have different classes that you can play, different characters that you can play as. Um, and people, that's a card game. And as you obviously know, balance in a card game 
is very important. You could yeah. easily skew a character and make it absolutely busted, which in a game like Slay the Spire would be fun for like two runs. And then it's like, wow, I'm just consistently winning every single time and it would get really boring. Like once you've done the main like character archetypes, like there wouldn't be much more to do because it's like, well, I've kind of seen it now. All right, I guess I'm done with this one, which can be fine. You can have a mod that's meant to be played two or three times and then like, all right, I did it. And that was fun. Or you could have a mod where or a character that you play through 50 times and you can't get past act one because it's so poorly balanced that it's just bad. Like right. you're so underpowered that you can't do fucking anything at all where you got those. And then the big one, I suppose the two biggest ones would be downfall in the pack master downfall is flipping the script of slay the spire on its head where normally you are a hero trying to climb your way to the top of the tower or top of the spire to kill the boss at the end because you're a big good do-gooder man that needs to kill the evil downfall you play as the different bosses within the game and you're climbing down the tower to fight the characters and it's i've only played with it a little bit it's from everything i've heard they've been a number of updates incredibly well balanced and super fun like the they change some of the events within the game to act differently since you're like the boss but like the boss in terms of like you're in charge of the spire where like there's a an event where you spin a wheel and you can get different outcomes some of them are good some of them are bad and when you're playing normally it's just you spin and what you get is the result you get and you have to take it when you're playing in downfall there are two options of take the prize or no i don't like this roll it again and he goes well no you can't roll it again that's not how this works so you just beat the shit out of him and take the wheel and it becomes a relic and every time you sit at a rest site you can re-spin it until you get the result that you want because you're the boss and you can just fucking do that and something like that is hilarious the pack master is the other one that i'm gonna call out i could just talk about characters forever in this and there are like mod packs that add new relics there's a whole mod pack that i've been watching content on that adds in risk of rain two relics and integrates them into slay the spire because i know you've played risk of rain yeah well. risk of rain is cool. and like fun. some of them are wild like the one that i've seen a video on just doubles all damage in the game damage you do and damage you yeah get. yeah it's wild but pack master is a as you talked about a labor of love or a love letter to a game Packmaster is a collection of modders, some of like the most known modders in Slay the Spire. Instead of creating one, I don't know what the average amount of cards is for a class mod. I just for sake of not having to look it up, say a new class mod adds in 150 cards to be that class. Packmaster is you have seven different packs that you pick one of three of every time so like three pop up you pick one then another three pop up you pick that one and so on and so forth with a core of i'll say 40 cards of base pack master and then you basically create a whole pack of cards that you will draw through 
from throughout the game and a number of modders each created packs so as i said like a full character would be like 50 cards a pack might be 40 cards so you're balancing the pack kind of within itself but also how it interacts with the other packs that are in the mod and i think it's like an almost 500 card plus expansion that like sure. they all tie into each other and like oh sure this one is straight damage but the second pack that you picked is gain a bunch of strength and the third one is exhaust all of your cards so you just whittle your deck down to the most powerful cards after you've already buffed yourself the f to shit and then you're like really trying to focus on a bunch of things it's a very difficult mod to play because there's just a lot going on you have to know not only slay the spire pretty well but you have to know deck building pretty well like right, if, yeah. if nothing else other than just being a fun game i will say that slay the spire has made me a better deck builder because if you're not good at it you're not going to get far i haven't made a commander deck in a minute but i'm hoping that the next time i do it will be a more powerful deck than i build on average just because i understand better how to make things work and i'm better at picking out what is unnecessary within a deck okay now, let me ask you a question and okay. i'll just judge you based on that okay. sure sure village rights is ramp yes I was next no, question. You meant dark ritual because village <laughs> rights is sacrifice a creature, draw two cards. I did mean dark ritual. You're right. I don't know all the cards. Yeah. I know the mechanic. Dark all ritual right. is that? Yeah, yes. You fucking idiot. Go play more sp <laughs> slay the spider before you even think about building a commander deck. All right. What what is your question? Or was it? Is it was that it was dark that ritual was the question? <laughs> Because you complained about your most I'm, recent deck that you built not having enough ramp. I'm so glad I that said, I you knew built what it. Question you you could put ask. more ramp into it, and you said it has dark ritual. It has dark ritual. That's ramp. It's fine. I want. I wanted to reach across the I'm, fucking room and slap you. I'm so glad that I actually knew what question you were gonna ask before you even asked it. Oh god, this is gonna be such a long episode if we don't end like it right is, fucking yeah, now. I, I I was gonna say unless you have any other games to call out no. i think we hit like most of the big ones that people think about when they think about modding and then a couple that they probably don't um modding is good yeah overall modding is good that's what we'll end on just if you think that you're tired with a game tired of a game that you really loved see if it has a modding scene there's probably some good stuff in there unless you're a fable fan but then you have uh shrek on all of the bees and that's literally the only mod that exists for that game um but for now i've been ian uh i'm always tyler and we hope you have a great west rest of the week weekend day whenever you're listening to this and we hope you join us for the next one where we talk about the atrocities and war crimes of vietnam as we've previously stated yeah, it, it was the Ho Chi Minh Trail, right? That was in North Vietnam. Yeah. I think so. Do you test yeah. my knowledge of history? That's not the history that yeah, I know. That and then, uh, what, what was it called? Well, that one's got a... Uh, never mind. That we're one's got quite off. the... We're quite signing the, off. Bye! <laughs>